Founders, welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have the honor of being joined by Dave Fink. Dave thinks the best kept secret of marketing is hiding where you least expect it, your mailbox. Over a 20-year career, he's generated hundreds of millions of dollars in ad revenue, powered viral sensations like Dollar Shave Club, and helped launch celebrity startups for Jessica Simpson, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olson, and Kate Bosworth. Now, as a founder and CEO of Posty, he's out to reinvent direct mail marketing for a digital world, and we are excited to have him here. So Dave, thank you for being here, my friend. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the, the kind and thorough intro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm, I'm, it sounds like we got to know a little bit in a very brief synopsis of kind of the run up to Posty. Uh, but in your own words, how did this thing get started? Yeah. I mean, we, we've been at it uh, about seven and a half years already. It's, it's kind of crazy to think about it um, and, and all that we've learned and um, accomplished over the, this period. It's, you know, going, getting close to a decade. The reality is, is it was a very kind of authentic, organic launch. And, and I have you know, talked on different podcasts in the past and even with, with our team here at Posty about, you know, kind of two types of companies that, that, that I've been involved in founding. And I think most companies can kind of fit into one or the other. And, and one, you know, um, and there's no value judgment there, but, but one type of company is, is you know, I call it opportunistic. It's, you know, there's a you know, there's an opportunity because you have um, deep domain expertise. Um, it's something you're, you know, you're an expert in. And there's a revenue model that you think that you could, um, you know, apply to a business and, and you know, create a company. Um, the other type of businesses, I, I kind of camp in into like the, the mission-driven category. And, and that doesn't mean like we're out trying to like save the world. It just means the the impetus for the business started from like a core like acute pain point that that you had in your industry, your vertical as a consumer, as a, as a human, et cetera. And um, that curiosity and, and pain kind of, um, you know, motivated you to try and create a product or service that um, resulted in a business around around that. And and that really is was was Posty's story. So the idea wasn't, you know, we just didn't wake up one day and say, like, hey, let's build a direct mail company or, you know, a marketing platform. It, the, the, the pain was, you know, any of the your entrepreneurs that have been growing businesses kind of rewind, you know, seven, eight years ago. We, we all kind of had this one singular fail point in our growth, which was Facebook, right? We were all like, had put so much time and energy and budget into building our presence on, on the platform. And leveraging the great, you know, marketing tools and data tools that they gave us, but it, it, you know, they did a great job taking over the the world, and um, and so we would wake up with a knot in our stomach, and and you know, if Facebook's algorithm behaved, we'd have a great day, and if Facebook's algorithm didn't behave, you know, it could be the difference between having to go out and raise more money or or the business just not working. Um, certainly, was painful, and so we needed to find more excuse me, diversification in our media mix. And there just wasn't much going on outside of Facebook and certainly Google and digital. Um, nothing that had that, that type of scale. So that pushed us to spend more time offline. And in offline, direct mail is this unbelievably, you know, data rich, 
highly targetable, highly optimizable, highly scalable channel. Uh, but when we set out to actually execute and spend, you know, um, you know, budget in the channel, we learned really quickly, nothing had changed in the way you run direct mail in the past 30, 40 years. It was really kind of very slow moving, very analog, mistake ridden. Um, and, and that, you know, that discourages a bunch, but then eventually led to this idea of like, huh, I wonder if it's possible to bring all the software and technology that we've been innovating over the last 20 years in digital to the direct mail channel to, to bring all of the reach scale targeting capabilities um, available in the channel, but to, to, to make it um, as dynamic and, 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 and automated as any of our digital um, channels that we love. So long you know story but i i think um i think it it you know is important not just to to posty but i think um you know enterprises in general as they think about where to spend their time and how to think about um focusing around building their business two things one i forgot to say in the intro that today if you're listening to the audience and you notice a third voice we are rejoined by jordan mitchell hey. who was with us for the first 50 episodes and is back with us today. So that was, that's his voice you're hearing now. Say, so, hey, Jordan. Hello, everyone. Thank you. Um, you said two things that I love. One is something I've been wondering about for a while now because my business isn't necessarily dependent on it, but I know many businesses are, which was the fear of what if Facebook changes? What if Instagram changes? What if one of these things that is working so well now changes a policy or you know, make something that was accessible, not accessible, cost affordable, not cost affordable. So that's brilliant. I'd love to talk about that some. But the other thing is just direct mail in general. Um, I understand the the uh, scalability of it, the direct access to it. But what I'm excited to learn about is the effectiveness of it. I guess where maybe an assumption I make is just a listener is like, well, no one reads their mail really, unless it you know says the government's name on it or something, right? Um, how did you guys think about that? Or what did you learn that made you think this is also an effective channel, not just to get to people, but that they would actually pay attention to it? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So I hadn't thought about this in, in a while, really years until you just asked the question. But when we were kind of in this like six month period of exploring this idea of, of building posty maybe as a product, maybe as a business, et cetera. And just the exploration into direct mail and the power of direct mail, um, there was a little bit of this, like, got, you know, get really excited, take a minute of pause, get distracted, set the idea on the shelf for a while, come back to it. Something else kind of triggered, you know, a reminder that this was this like itch that we were, you know, needed to tick a little bit. And, and, there were two entrepreneurs that showed up in my office independently at different times within a couple of weeks of them, of, of each of, of each other. And they both had the same story, which is they were each running roughly half a billion dollar a year businesses that were wildly profitable, looked very different than the typical you know, $500 million venture back company that's burning cash like crazy, no path to profitability, grow at all costs. And and those businesses are, are businesses and those always intrigue me. And so, of course, like the minute I learned what they were up to and what they were doing, I had a thousand questions for them. But one of them was like, what's your growth strategy? Like, how have you gotten so big? What You obviously have something you figured out, some little secret. And in each case, they told me that direct mail was their number one demand gen channel. 
And, and, and I was like, okay, like there's something there. If you can build a half a billion dollar year business where, you know, in a world dominated by Facebook and Google, where you're selling, like those are secondary and tertiary channels. It's all direct mail. We, we knew that there was something there. It's a performance channel. Does it mean it works for everybody? No. Does it mean it's easy? No. Does it mean there's a direct path to that level of success? No, of course not. But hey, like the scale is real and exactly what you said is, does it perform? Um, you know, the answer is obviously yes, it, it can. So that, I, it's funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you asked that question because I just hadn't thought about that in a while, but those were really tipping point moments. I can visually, like I can just absolutely like envision those those two meetings and those those entrepreneurs. I actually want to catch up with them now and see what they're up to. I, they, they probably have you know, billion dollar year businesses now, um, nearly a decade later, but that um that was like that was what we needed yeah that that was that was you know that was enough for us to say the hypothesis isn't crazy there's something there let's start playing um you know then you fast forward to you know six months in 12 months into the business and we had already run you know hundreds and hundreds of campaigns and the nature of posty is as a quantitative platform so it's all about targeting, testing, but it's also a measurement. And so we were able to see exactly what's working and what's not working. Um, and doesn't mean that every campaign, every creative, every audience was a success, you know, was a winner, but there was enough there very early on that we saw, you no know, consumers do engage with, you know, well-targeted, well-designed ads delivered through the U.S. Postal Service. And we were off to the races. You know, now we're sending, you know, tens of millions of pieces of mail a month on behalf of thousands of advertisers to tens of thousands of campaigns, you know, customer acquisition, retargeting, mid-funnel, re-engagement, lapsed cost, customer re-engagement, ex, ex, you know, lead conversion, like you name it. And uh, and the, the channel is, is highly, highly performant. So yeah. we had this inkling from some really marquee um, success stories that just happened to like fall into our lap but then did take us getting in market, you know, trying lots of different things and actually seeing, you know, with our own eyes that across the broadest set of advertisers, you know, client types, like this, this is, this is real. There's something really here. So yeah, even a clarifying question here, cause I think, you know, maybe the audience doesn't, doesn't know, or maybe I don't even know yet. If not only have you just said, Hey, we've been able to digitize, you know, a list and make sure there's an address tied to that so that you could mail somebody, but you could actually create you know, your marketing collateral inside the platform and you guys are you know, taking care of printing and everything like that to get it out the door into somebody's mailbox. Is that also what Posty's taking care of? Yeah, that, the idea was really, you know, I, I always kind of hate the analogies that big tech always uses to describe yeah. companies, but there's a reason it, it kind of works. And so uh, from the start, we really thought about ourselves as as building yeah the, the trade desk of direct mail or the DV360 yeah. of direct mail, Facebook ads uh, ad manager of direct mail, Google ads of, mm -hmm. of direct mail. It's the 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 turnkey solution in order to um, to take an idea from your head, um, you know, turn it into an actual um, structured campaign. Yeah. Um, find and engage specific audiences using big data, machine learning, um, you know, blend of first party and third party data assets, um, deploying that campaign, um, having that 
just seamlessly deploy the same way that an ad server would serve display ads for you yeah. or an email server would you know, deploy your email and then um, and then triangulate measurement using you know any number of, of you know hooks directly into you know the advertisers you know backend databases or wherever they're capturing that conversion rate at POS or that that conversion event at POS. Yeah. So you know we think about really three buckets um, of a product that we need to build and and excel at um, delivering to to make this channel behave that way. One of them is targeting. You know, mm -hmm. that's critical in any ad yeah. channel. Two is all the execution, just not having to worry about the complexities around printing and yeah. and um, yeah, um, entering the US Postal Service and complex complex logistics. And the third is measurement and insights, understanding what's working, what's not, and how do you um, make better decisions so that you can continuously improve your performance. Yeah, that's huge. We talk about the three uniques, and the three uniques really comes from the. Uh, it comes from the book Traction and uh, Entrepreneurial Operating System. That's where that that language comes from. Um, but I'm going, man, those are so three clear uniques is, you know, all three of those things. Maybe some, somebody probably is replicating, you know, one or two of those things, but you put them all together and you package them and, you know, you're cooking, which is is really cool. Have you learned anything in terms of like, okay, now you guys are delivering mail, almost going all the way back to Drew's kind of original question is what mail is someone more likely to look at, you know, are they more likely to look at one that isn't in a envelope or it is in an envelope, but it has this, Hey, open it right now kind of trigger. Um, again, those things are, are tested, but are there any things that you already have, have seen that like, Hey, the, the data is telling us this is a more effective path to having somebody pay attention to it when it comes in a mailbox. So lots of the brands that we engage with are coming with deep digital advertising expertise and yeah. and um, some of them have have deep direct mail or out of home or or offline marketing expertise but um, not as many mm -hmm. so the when an advertiser that you know maybe is is you know, grew up in an age of Facebook and Google and email um, you know, a lot of times they they have you know, deep nerves around this idea of like oh, oh my gosh like how, how do I design for direct mail like, right. I, I don't know anything about direct mail and what we learned um, is, you know, and can very easily disarm um, anyone nervous about, um, you know, tackling their first kind of creative exploration of direct mail is the same blocking and tackling that works in a digital landing page, a, mm -hmm. a well-designed email, a display ad, a newsfeed ad, a carousel ad, et cetera. Same tactics that you want to use for direct mail. You know, a, you want to have authenticity and, and is this is just another touch in your omni-channel um, arsenal. So you don't want to be thinking like, how do I design specifically to talk to someone through direct mail? Like, yeah. Same with consumer, right? The same consumer that's like on their scrolling through their Instagram feed and engaging with your brand and then like engaging with your social content and then getting an email and coming to your website is the same person that you're speaking to through direct mail. Like, yeah. Why would you want that to be a very different experience? Like you would, that's confusing. Pause that just to highlight it. Like again, your brain already naturally thinking, Omni-channel presence is the way. So we're not talking about either or in this conversation, right? And I think that's just a huge thing to highlight for anybody's brain because you could go, this isn't working. Now I need to do this or this isn't working. I need to switch over here or whatever. And it's just a, a basic thing. We see that in, in our world of just coaching people so many times when they're thinking about solutions for their life, whether that's you know a workout regimen or their diet or something like that, that a lot of times they'll go this instead of that. And it's like, well, wait, many times, it's a little bit of a both and how do you how do you make sure you pay attention to that? So 
again, omni-channel, that, that might be new language for somebody. And I think that's a powerful thing just to highlight to go, yeah, that's the way in which you can, you can think about this. So keep, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and even to hit that, that point home further, it's, it's what I love about direct mail. And I think why it works so well is it's an addressable channel. Yeah. And what that means is you're able to speak to a specific individual or groups of individuals, uh, right? It's not contextual advertising where you're advertising on a, on a sports blog because you assume people that like sports will like your brand. Yeah. It's like athletic wash bands or whatever. Um, uh, it's the actual individual. And so when you're talking about addressable channels, you're no longer thinking, like you shouldn't start thinking about the ad unit. You should start thinking about the consumer. Who are the individuals that you're you're speaking with? Who you know? Where are they in their in their journey? Right? Are they prospects that um, you're conquesting because you know they shopped with a competitor? Are they individuals who didn't even know that your product category existed? Are they customers that purchased once and didn't you know come back and purchase again? Have they left? They were active customers for a while and you haven't seen them in a while. Um, are they holiday specific? We go on and on and on. When you start with understanding your consumer and you're thinking about who you're speaking to and you have authenticity behind your brand, your product, your service, you know, your benefit statements, you know, what drives, um, you know, um, benefit from, from someone who, you know, signs up for your service or buys your product, then you just, you, you just think about like, what is the appropriate way you know, to message that at that time? to that specific segment. Mm -hmm. And it's not there, it's not about tactics and tricks and whatnot. You alluded to like an envelope or not an envelope. There are yeah. times it might make sense to 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 speak more formally and 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 have the risk that anybody that doesn't open the envelope is not going to see the branding at all. And there are times that um, that it makes more sense to have, you know, um, you know, to leverage a postcard ad format where you're guaranteed that even if someone doesn't spend more than a second, at least you get that impression. Mm -hmm. Those are all, you know, there's not one size fits all. It's a blend of, of all of that, but the core is understanding who that addressable audience yeah. is, for that specific tactic, and then knowing your brand and your story. And then looking around at all the other media that you're, that you've run up to that point, what's been successful, what isn't. And then you're just designing for specific, you know, front and back of a, postcard or multiple panels in a folded piece or a letter format, et cetera. And um, it tends to, to demystify. Big, big exercise that our accounts team do often is when a client is you know, not getting either the results that they want, or they're looking for ways to take something that's working really well and make it better, or it's their, their design, you know, figuring out what they should use from imagery, whether they should use pride photography or lifestyle imagery. Mm -hmm. First thing we'll do is just be like, hey, let's do a screen share and then we open their Instagram feed. Mm -hmm. Let's take a look and see what, what posts are um, you know, driving the highest engagement. And let's see if there's any commonalities between you know, top 10 posts that we can then leverage and help guide their design team to incorporate mm -hmm. into you know, the first you know, direct mail creative that they're running. Let's yeah. take a look at their emails, which emails got the highest click-through rates, you know, what landing pages convert best. Like that's all liquid gold. Like, yeah, leverage it. What um you mentioned demystifying, and I just like that that word, but thinking about bringing it back to you guys, what uh what has been the biggest challenge in terms of client acquisition for you guys? To go, yeah, man, to, to grow our business, this seems to be the thing we keep having to run into. And this is how we're overcoming this challenge. Like, what, what is that challenge for you guys that you keep facing? 
Yeah, I think there are two. Um, we, you know, we we think about um, our you know total addressable market in in a couple of different in, in four quadrants. We think about as one of those like X Y axis grids. Yep. And you know, one of the axes is are they an enterprise client or are they an emerging brand? Um, and we work cool. with a, you know a, a very broad set of advertisers, mm-hmm. the biggest brands in the world, to you know your twenty five thirty million dollar a year you know, digital natives. The other axis is have they yeah are they absolutely committed? Direct mail is a is a core component of their media mix and has been for a long time, or have they never sent a piece of direct mail in their entire life and they're starting fresh, or at least not at this brand? And depending on which quadrant they go into. Um, kind of determines, you know, generalities around what, you know, what our sales cycle is going to look like and what the potential objections can be. So if you think about that um, and you're talking about a client that's never done direct mail, regardless of whether they're enterprise or more emergent, you know, the, the number one hurdle I think that we have to get over is that you need to commit a real budget to this channel so that you have an, an actual, you know, you have yep. enough reach and scale in order to test and learn and have and, and have statistical significance on your results. Yep. Just mathematically. Real experiment. Yeah. There, the, the, it definitely happens a lot where a client shows up and we're like, great, we, we have, you know, we have 15 grand to, to spend direct mail. And the answer is always like, it's not, I wouldn't waste your time in direct mail. Yeah. It, um, you know, the, the unfortunate piece of direct mail is that, a, on a per reach basis, it's expensive, but the conversion rates when optimized are so high that CPAs can be more effective than in just about any other channel. Return on ad spends can be you know, higher than in just about any other channel. But in order to get there, there is a real risk. Um, yeah, you got to put some budget at work. And so that that's hurdle, you know, one uh, A, one B, one C, one D, maybe two A, B and C. Um, for you know emerging brands, yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, when we're engaging with big enterprise companies that have been doing direct mail more traditional, maybe old fashioned way for sometimes several decades, mm. the challenge is um, how do you help make them feel comfortable breaking apart some of their existing process in order to do it better? There's always a fear, right? Yep. That hey, we whip, we whip out what's maybe not working perfectly, but like good enough. And um, and there's that fear of 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 breaking something that can't be fixed. And so yeah. the, the the goal there is always trying to understand maybe some specific use cases that are currently being avoided in direct mail because it's too hard to execute those tactics through or those strategies through um, a non tech enabled solution. Mm-hmm. And and maybe we can walk on a big you know, enterprise brand to to think about direct mail beyond what they're currently doing. And then yeah. over time, get them to recognize that, hey, we could probably find 10, 15, 20% improvement across the board. Yeah. This is kind of a big question, but like, do you know for the emerging brand that's not using, what's it costing them to not use it? You have any idea what, or any that's guess, a great guess. question um i am anything i would throw out there right now i'd be um you know kind of making up quite frankly just make um, it big enough to gain some customers just big enough yeah. to get <laughs> a billion or two yeah it's a yeah. billion or two yeah yeah I, look it's look that's a tough one right like we believe in yeah. what we do we see the results sometimes it's just purely Performance and a lot of times it's the blend of both performance but also freeing up time. So yeah. here's an example: we we were 
you're, you know, I think we're like six years in with one of the you know, marquee tele telcos out there. And one of the senior executives was the sponsor on the deal. Um, and he saw from the very start that, you know, there's a better way to do things. We can't, you know, these big, like, you know, uh, high risk, like big, just bombs of campaigns going out, hoping that they perform the way that they did the last time they did them. Millions of dollars sometimes wrapped up in every direct mail campaign. You know, that's crazy versus a more surgical approach, more dynamic programmatic approach. Um, he knew that they weren't going to get there, you know, all in one day. And it has taken years to kind of fully onboard them um, where, um, you know, Posty's running the entirety of their direct mail. Um, but one of the things that we ran into, um, there was some, you know, resistance early on because there were a number of people that were kind of working in executional roles throughout their direct mail um, initiatives. And their idea, their, their fear was like, oh, you're just going to replace my job. Yeah. Oh, like you're bringing Posty in, like all the stuff that we're yep. worried about with AI, right? Yep. And um, this this leader was like, no, I, I I have a hiring freeze. I can't hire any more people. I have 14 other things and initiatives. I would love to free up all these team members to be able to work on. Hmm. If you can help me free up 50% of each of their day by automating, um, and you can drive more performance, and you can help us make a bigger impact with the channel, that's a win across the board. Every one of these you know individuals saw that to be the case eventually. Yeah. So, you know, you asked yeah you know, the opportunity cost, or you asked the cost. Like sometimes it's like a cost of leaving performance on the table, but sometimes it's an opportunity cost of of having humans do work that could be yeah. um, done cleaner, more effective, with more accuracy, levering technology, freeing them up to do more strategic work that's more mm -hmm. thought oriented. That yeah. moves their business, um, you know, faster. Absolutely. Here's what I'm curious about. It's obvious that uh, your business, your business, is kind of mainly targeting, like you said, the big, big brands and or emerging brands that are going to have a large scale and scope. Would you say, you know, we have a lot of people listening to podcasts that operate businesses that probably aren't the largest brands out there, or maybe aren't trying to even be on a national scale, but maybe like one of my, one of the people I'm thinking about is local gym. Um, sure. that I'm friends with the owner, they're clients of ours. And I'm thinking, man, they're in a, a local area where their target audience actually lives in, they gotta be in driving distance, right. To them, to come to their gym. They're obviously using social media. They're doing all sorts of marketing stuff. Would this be whether posties or just direct mail in general for a business like that? Is that something they should be incorporating into their, their efforts or marketing efforts? A hundred percent. You know, look, every business has their own set of challenges, depending on big, small, vertical, national, regional, etc. the The challenge that that SMBs have is that sometimes the tools available to the big national brands, um, because of the scale, because of the data involved, because of the cost, uh, are are not as available to them. Yeah. Which is the that's one of the powers of of the Googles of the world. The you know, the Facebooks of the world, they, they, they made their product offering ubiquitous over time. Wasn't always like that. And I think we, we will get there over time as well. Um, I, I'm going to answer the question by sharing um, a bit about how we work with businesses where location that are location specific, even though most of those businesses are bigger in scale. So if you think about um, casual dining chains, 
if you think about um, uh, regional hospitals that have locations, you know, um, you know, across a, a specific area, you think about um, uh, credit unions. Um, you know, uh, we we work with lots of businesses that um, that data matters, but but regional um, targeting matters as well, geo targeting, and so. We actually have a have a, a product that we call um, storefronts, and what that allows an advertiser to do is to upload the address data of all their locations, basically dropping a pin on a map, and then on a store by store location basis, they can um, assign a specific um, zip code radi- or, or a radius around that storefront. Yep. And so, depending on if it's rural or urban or suburban, they may want to go bigger or smaller in their their radius. And then any of the targeting that they execute, they can they can net down to fit within that those addressable footprints. It's incredibly successful, right? Sounds like, the key yeah. is like, like the gating factor is is you know hey if this person's beyond two miles of a location, they're just not never going to be a customer. Why would you want to waste budget targeting that individual? Right. But just because they're within two miles doesn't mean that they're likely to be to be responsive to a direct mail ad or any ad. And so, you know, the game is always how you use geotargeting, but not, not make that be the end all be all make that be um, a definition of our addressable market and then mm-hmm. figure out other ways to target. So in theory, you know, a single location gym could do the exact same thing on posty. It's going to be a little bit hard. Um, I think um, for them because the nature of, of minimums and certain scale of working with us right, right now but they can they can use those same um, uh, strategies in order to test direct mail. Key is going to be how are they going to get the kind of targeting and data, um, uh, and but they can think about you know a gym probably has. I mean we know the model. There's a lot of churn involved in gyms where someone made their New Year's resolution, they signed up, and they lasted 30 days. Right. I'm one of those people and I'm like, I'll run for six months and then I don't run again for six months. And then I you know, gain my 12 pounds and I'm like, now I'm all motivated again. So, you know, if, if I'm a, if I'm a person that does that in the gym and gym has data on me and they can look and see how many days since my last visit or since, mm. you know, how many months since my last, you know, subscription debit, um, like that data in and of itself is, is liquid gold. And then you, you know, and then you look and say, do they fit within our geographic footprint? Maybe the reason that these, you know, 200 people lapse because they're driving five miles versus two miles. And so now we don't want to waste budget trying to, you know, target and advertise to those individuals, whether it's through direct mail or Facebook or right. you know, Google AdWords, like yeah, you want to be smart with your budgets. And then it's not even just smart with your budgets, it's also training your mind to think like, a marketer and just, and that leads you to more informed decisions, more thoughtful, creative and messaging, better blend of that targeting and authentic, you know, messaging with your, with your own brand. So I think the more that you can start thinking strategically about it instead of just like, Oh my God, I got to spend some money on you know advertising this month or I'm not going to have any customers and what's like, how do I just get something out the door? And, and so be it like not a winning strategy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, one thing I was going to ask real quick is you mentioned a few times the, the data that might be sitting right in front of somebody that you've called liquid gold that they're not really paying attention to. And I think 
that is is got to be more there's got to be more things like that right you mentioned hey if we just even look at your your social media posts what are the top 10 most engaged if we look at you know these things there's so much data sometimes i think that we don't interpret it like we have so much data around us that we don't even know what to look at yeah. and what might be giving us clues to something that would make our efforts and marketing outreach whatever so much more effective does anything else come to mind that would just be an easy you're listening to this like dude at least pay attention to this this is potential gold about your customers or what's working what's not working well look i mean if, if you're talking about um smbs in particular chances are um, there's a human engagement with another human yeah you, know, you talk about a gym i think the key is you know if you if you own a gym you need to train your staff to be aware of what's going on in in your business and to uh, ask questions. Like I, I talk about with our sales team, discovery is everything, right? Like you, if you fight and you fight and you fight and you fight and fight to break through all the noise and get someone to 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 be willing to take a, a meeting or a call with you, and that's your chance to add, just pepper them with questions, get them engaged in a dialogue so you can learn as much as you can about their business to hopefully get to an authentic decision that or belief that we're you know, your product or service is a good fit for that person. For that business, and more importantly, just to understand and learn um, how you can help them come to that conclusion as well. So, when you talk about someone walking in to sign up for, a, you know, a membership at a gym or um, to come and have dinner at your restaurant, you know, if, if instead of like a waiter's job just being taking an order and providing, you know, relatively good service, if if like they're if they're trained to actually engage about like, well, how and you do you dine and what made you you know um show up tonight and and is it to do with seasonal specials or that you know there's you know we changed the menu recently or are you here for a celebration or is this part of your date night ritual like as you learn more about why people are are showing up like that's the like that's the gold um and when you're relying on sometimes you know hourly employees um who maybe you know are not as um, dialed into all aspects of what it takes to run a business. I think you know you could be um, you could be doing yourself a disservice. So I'm a big fan of trying to be transparent as much as possible, educating every one of our employees on the business itself, not just the tasks and responsibilities that are with their role, because we're all advocates. We all go to parties and are out in the world and have the opportunity to give the elevator pitch and to bring ideas back to, you know, to the business and that make us better. And, and, and so I think that's like, that's the stuff that's like right in front of your face. Like, yeah, the good bosses are the ones that are like seeing more potential in their employees than, um, than the employees themselves. The bad bosses are the ones that want to control everything. And like, you don't need to know that because you're not at the right level and, 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 you know, they feel threatened. And in my attitude is like, man, the more that other people are doing, the less I have to do less, anxiety I'm carrying less responsibility I feel yeah totally man I mean I love I love just the easy nature of hey we're often just so focused on glad you're here or glad you signed up for our service or glad you bought our product or whatever we don't just ask the obvious question why'd you choose us yeah what do you why are you here what brought you here you know because you chose us over something else either a competitor or not not engaging in this industry at all 
Um, so just even that data set, I'm sure has got to be super, super helpful. So that's awesome, man. Jordan, I know I cut you off uh, <laughs> my last question. What you got for Dave? No, no, we're good. Uh, I was just going to relate to him. We could do it just, you know, just for a second. But Drew and I uh, are passionate about direct mail. Um, we had a mentor, we'll give him a shout out, Dane Maxwell. He had us go through and read a book called The Advertising Solution, which was reading some of the old school direct mailers and challenge us to like do a direct mail campaign uh, solely and just, you know, see how successful it was. And so we did a whole lumpy mail uh, strategy with this just, I mean, again, I, I, we spent a lot. It was like, it felt like 150 bucks, I think, per piece of mail. It was like, dang, but we just looked at like, hey, what if we gain one customer? That pays for the campaign. Two customers were sitting pretty good and it was successful. I think we gained four customers out of out of it. I think we mailed a yep. uh, hundred, you know, and it was like, Four percent right. conversion rate. Where else yeah. you seen that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which for yeah, us, we're not we're not selling widgets or what like yeah. four customers is significant for getting a coaching contract with their executive team or whatever. Yeah. Oh, and, for sure. And we weren't emailing randoms. For us, it was strategic because it was people we had been in conversation with that for whatever reason it had stalled. And we were like, man, it just feels like emailing is not working. Like, let's just send. And then Jordan share. <laughs> this is gonna be funny too. Share yeah. the mistake that our, our team made that was hilarious. Oh man, I'm not sure I'm not sure which one. You don't remember? No. They, well, I'm thinking okay. about one right now. I'm <laughs> wondering. I'm kind of like, uh, no. Yeah, there was the no QR mistakes. code. The QR code that was supposed to come with a note that was supposed to come with so oh, I don't <laughs> they got real creative and they were like, "All right, we're going to send this real minimalistic project to a few of them that like we've been in serious conversations with yes. far down the sales conversation and again had kind of stalled out for whatever reason." And so they had, uh, we kind of gave our team some power, like, hey, get creative. You can take some shots on these five or 10 people. And so they sent like just a simple yeah. like letter or box that you open it up and it was just a QR code that would trigger a song. You know, you scan the QR code and it was some song like, uh, don't forget John about Cusa me. It was the John Cusack oh, yeah. song. Oh yeah, the boombox. Uh, yes. Yeah. Had a, little, had a little picture of a cassette tape. But there, was, there was supposed yeah. to be a note attached to it from us that described, like, that explained why we were sending that to them and yeah. laughing about it, whatever. But the note didn't get sent, and so they just got this random thing, and they said it was a mystery around their office for like six <laughs> months. Like, who sent us this? Hey, Next lover, yeah. like this random love letter. <laughs> Amazing. So we uh, ran into so them. Everybody knows. Yeah, everybody knows the song, and at least yeah. a certain yeah demographic. Yeah, yeah. that was like, that great, was yeah that was like, a great eighties throwback that we want to laugh that we're that person outside your window. Like, don't yeah. forget about us, you know. Yeah. And uh, so when we that ran into her convert. later, and we connected the dots. Yeah they were dying laughing just like, uh, Oh my gosh, we had no clue who in the world sent that. And we were confused at why no one responded to well, it. In the end, the, the fact that you knew who the 10 were that you could follow up with a phone call and you could have that conversation actually may have worked to your favor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It was yeah, really definitely funny. created real relationship. Yeah. Well, I know we're going to be wrapping up here, but, but you did, uh, you know, I love students of the advertising game. Um, and you mentioned book, a book and, um, I'm a big reader. So, uh, curious have you read the john cables book tested tested advertising methods i have not 
No, oh, but it is on that. It's on that list. I think it's, it might even be referenced in that book because I, it, I read a whole book. Yeah, I yeah. read it like once every couple of years. It's a, it's yeah. a generally a quick read, although you get fixated on any one specific ad example. Yeah, um, yeah. It's look the copywriting tactics. It's mostly a copywriting book. A lot of it comes yep. from direct mail or print ads because I think it was written in 1990. Yeah, four six something like that. Um, Highly recommend it. Little, little read. I used to give it to all my marketing um, team uh, members. Highly, highly recommend it. Super cool. Well, Dave, this is, I've learned a bunch. The reason I even had Jordan here is out of the two of us, he took more to the marketing and his brain goes that way. And, and I was like, dude, you got to be on here for this Dave guy, because I think you're going to love the conversation. And yeah. I'm so glad you were here, Jordan, because you really helped even illuminate, uh, how he's thinking and the real brilliance of your company and your idea. My takeaway, maybe this is for the audience as well. My takeaway is it's just so interesting when the world swings one way and forgets about something, right? So if you even think yeah. about like, you think about like the opportunity to write an email at first, that was revolutionary because all we had was handwritten notes. And all of a sudden you're like, well, why wouldn't we take advantage of being able to send it out instantly right to someone's direct inbox on their online and same thing with marketing like okay well now we can get in front of a million people for 10 cents a click or whatever but there's another company i think called simply noted that i interviewed that realized we forgot about the power of handwritten notes and how that's actually an incredibly effective medium for certain moments in, in, in someone's life and so how can we actually bring some digital aspect to handwritten notes back to that touch point right yeah and then we have you going, hey, don't forget about direct mail. <laughs> like, I know we have awesome opportunities over here, but this is still a really effective campaign that we've totally forgotten about. Yeah, look, I mean, the, the world evolves, um, but the day, at the end of the day, humans are humans. And, and the, the, the last thing I'll, I'll maybe, um, you know, end on is uh, just got back from a, um, a trip um, to Europe um, and, and we were in London and I, and I was with, I've been eight year old, a 10 year old. And I was trying to explain like, look, London's 2000 years old. United States is 200 years old, right? Yeah. This place has been around 10 times as long. And you're looking at the architecture and, you know, the city burnt down and they rebuilt it. So it's not like it's the same foundation that was built 2000 years ago. But then from there, we went to Israel. Uh, we'd never been to Israel and, and now we're walking around like Jerusalem and it's like, wow. Hey kids, this place was built. 4,000 years ago, and you're actually seeing some of these um, uh, excavated um, sites that actually were built where the roads and the buildings were built 4,000 years ago. And uh, one of the, we had a tour guide for part, part of the time. And, and, you know, one of the things that kind of, he put some perspective around, he's like, we think we've created like all this like crazy innovation in the last hundred years and whatnot, but like the way that we chiseled limestone, you know, limestone into bricks and built houses it really wasn't that different it's not like we were living in like 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 straw huts 4000 right. years ago like 4000 years ago right 2000 years ago before you know christianity was created you know we like we figured out the way to use tools to to build yeah. you know like pretty complex structures and i just bring that up because and we're talking about direct mail that, you know, mm -hmm. only is maybe an afterthought in a digital era and the digital era is only been around for 20 years. Like mm. we're, we're all still the same humans. We need to be engaged totally. with, educated, entertained. Um, and the better that we can do that with, 
targeting and efficiency and the ability to test and optimize our story and our message. Doesn't matter what the channel is. It's 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 just you know we're a bunch of humans and um, you know trying to you know build our companies and there are a bunch of humans out there that could be prospect customers or our existing customers and and we need to not lose sight over that's all it is. It's just mm-hmm. how do we leverage the tools at our disposal and the communication methods that are of t- of our time you know to 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 do it effectively. So good. Dave, thank you. I know you've got to run. I appreciate your time. Thank you for sharing your story and your wisdom with us. This was a great episode. Yeah, thanks for having me. Enjoy yeah. it. Thanks, Dave. Fun chat. Founders, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.